Welcome to the Fun Engagement Pod from Fun Insights, bringing you insights straight from the experts. You can join the Fun Engagement Network at funinsights.co.uk and we'll let you know when new episodes come out. We're also on Acast, Google, Apple and all major podcasting platforms. This stuff is the future. 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 Welcome to episode four of the Fun Engagement Pod. This episode is a chat with Clive Nates, chairman and shareholder in Lincoln City Football Club. Clive is a former investment fund manager and historically an Everton fan. He lives in South Africa. His time involved in the football club has seen a huge improvement of fortunes on the pitch, but behind the scenes has seen improvements across the club, including in fan engagement. As a result, they finished sixth in the first fan engagement index and scored well across the board. We chatted about why he and his colleagues have taken the path they have and how important it is for him to recognise that fans don't just have passion but sometimes can be a useful source of ideas. Um, yeah, generally, I think I put a lot of thought into to what I do. Um, methodical, analytical, that's what I think you need to do when you play the stock market. Um, and that's just the type of person I am. So... So what 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 I've seen before with people who've come and invested in football from from an, from perhaps from somewhere like your where you are uh, where you come from in business is is that they've applied the wrong lessons and that perhaps they've perhaps it was the environment at the time that that meant that they did it in that way but they didn't come in and start and say right well what we need to do is to do not just be good at marketing our product actually we need to be good a good institution we need to be we need to be we need to reflect what the fans feel about us and we need to understand them and that's not something we see a great deal of in football so that that how did that come about what yeah Yeah, maybe it's the reason why i got involved in the first place it's because i've loved football since i was a kid um my English football team has been Everton since the late 1960s. So I've been a fan of English football for more than 50 years. And the reason for getting involved with an English football club was because of a love for football and having retired from hedge fund management, I wanted to do something that uh, would excite me. And I never expected it to progress to the stage where I had this sort of involvement. I just wanted some involvement with football. I didn't expect to get involved as I did end up getting with Lincoln City, becoming chairman and having all this responsibility. That's that's just been a byproduct of, you know, getting involved in the club. But you know, being a fan of a football club, um, you know, for all these years, uh, and I just, the way I believe you want to react or deal with fans is the same way I would like my club 
to interact with me uh, as a fan. Um, and I still feel, you know, very much a, as a fan, not only of Lincoln City, but I'm still a fan of Everton. So I see how they're interacting with uh, their fan base. And I think also, you know, as time has gone by, I've seen more clearly just how important Lincoln City is in the community, is for the city. I mean, there have been reports done by University of Lincoln just showing how the club contributes uh, to businesses in the city. You know, I interact a lot with fans on various social media me mediums and you know, you feel that you know, incredible passion that they, they have for the club. And, you know, it's, you just want to give them, you know, what they deserve as fans of the club. I know it's maybe a trite comment, but ultimately they are the, the real owners of that club. I mean, it doesn't matter how long I am a director of Lincoln City Football Club. It will be a mere blip, you know, compared to the 136-year history of Lincoln City. And it will be a small part compared to, you know, the average fan, which will spend a lifetime, you know, supporting this club. And even once I'm off, you know, the board, I will always remain a fan of Lincoln City, as I will remain a fan of Everton, you know, throughout my life. And at the end of the day, the fans are the lifeblood of the club. When it comes to on 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 you know things going bad because things do go bad and you know we have to kind of <laughs> it's a results business it's just part mm. of the part of the landscape. You're out there on social media. It's a big. It's a it's a big. Um, uh, it can be a it can be a nasty place to be. To be frank, sometimes there's a lot of trolling. I mean, if you're if you're if you're able to stand back, then that's helpful. And if you don't read too much into what people say, that's helpful. But people can be quite vicious. Um, and I don't mean, you know, I mean people who just, they switch off from normality when they get online. It's just a fact of life. We know that it causes people to be a bit like that. You know, how do you deal with that? Because it is, you know, it, it has driven some people a bit stare and they really struggle with that part of engagement. So, you know, online particularly, you know, you, you engage with people online, but how do you deal with, the difficult stuff is it do you just set it aside and go well that's just sometimes what people are like and it's almost irrelevant even whether that whether this is football those people would be like that anyway about anything else is that how you ha or is there a particular way you handle the online yeah look i mean the different people that make up this world they're those people you know that will always look for a reason to be argumentative there will though be those people that you know, will tend to be negative. It will just be people that, you know, for a particular point in time because of where they are in their life might be angry over something and might overreact to a comment because it's just so easy to have a voice these days. Um, so I think, for, you know, I've learned lessons um, over the years that I've interacted uh, on social media. I think I am better than I was uh, at the beginning. Um, 
I won't necessarily take somebody on. I'll rather just state the facts. Um, you know, I'll never swear at somebody, which I do see, you know, some owners do on social media. I think it's just a case of always trying to be honest, getting your view across, you know, without maybe attacking somebody or belittling, you know, uh, somebody on social media. But, you know, be firm with your view. And if I am firm with my view and I'm honest with my view, you know, that's, I don't think anybody can have a go at me for that. So it's that, I mean, I like to try to avoid using authentic because it's become a word that's just been a tool of um, inauthentic marketing, I think. Um, And so I try to avoid it. But I suppose at times you have to use it. And I think that seems to be what you try to do here is to, well, it's remaining true to yourself, isn't it? Let's drop authentic. It's remaining true. um, Yeah, I think one of the other issues where you find a lot of criticism you know, coming through on social media is because people are not informed. And when you're not informed, you make assumptions. So I think that's what's so important for clubs. And we don't always get it right, but you want to try and keep the fans as informed as much as you can. And, you know, I think that runs through the club. Um, You know, there are going to be things that you can't discuss in a public forum that happened behind the scenes. And I would like to think that most fans understand that. But as far as you can go, let the fans know what is happening. And I think the vast majority of them, you know, are rational people that love the club, that, you know, understand the situation. And if you're honest with them, you know, I think most of them, you know, will go along and, you know, will at least, even if they don't agree with you, will at least understand your position. Yes. Yeah, no, and that, that's, that's a lesson I've learned myself is, is that if you are honest in how you communicate, not telling everyone everything, but you're honest in how you communicate, people can see that, they can understand that, and it makes it easier for you to say, well, I can't tell you that. In terms of the Fan Engagement Index, which... Uh, Lincoln City finished sixth in the, the thing that you've seemed to have been good at is that you were talking about you know tell make sure fans are informed now that takes up a lot of bandwidth takes up a lot of resources a lot of time um, and you know that's difficult in a football club because it's so fast moving how how important has it been to 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 have brought someone like Liam Scully in as your chief executive how important has he been in making sure that you haven't had to start from the you know from the bottom because that's a really difficult thing to do to have you know to have that level of that's quite a sophisticated amount of communication with fans at all the levels you do you know how important has Liam been in that to to get to get that structure right Massively important. I mean, you've got to understand where we came from. You know, when we got promoted out of National League uh, back into the Football League in 2017, we had been in non-league for six years. As a result of that, the club had had to go through, you know, massive cost-cutting exercises. Um, You know, it was all about uh, survival. And, 
we weren't in the position, you know, to come back into the Football League. We didn't have the resources. And it was critical that we brought in somebody that had the experience uh, of operating in the Football League because in the six years we were out of the Football League, obviously I wasn't involved with Lincoln City when they were previously in the Football League. But, you know, everything that I'd heard is that things had changed massively in that six years that the club had been out. There was a lot more reporting requirements. Just everything was completely different from the time that Lincoln City went out. So getting Liam in with his expertise, um, you know, is just very, very important. But I think it's, you know, a whole lot of other things that Liam has brought, you know, his dedication, the hard work he puts in, and that's been, you know, absolutely vital to to take the club forward. One of the first issues that he had to deal with was to find us an area where we could build a training ground. It was a requirement of Danny and Nicky. You know, if they were going to be able to take the club forward, we had to create a proper training ground. And, you know, it's something that Liam got involved in immediately. And in less than a year of Liam joining the club, we, we had a training ground in place. It might not have been completed at that point when we started the following season. But, you know, at least the... You know, the, there was something in place for, for Danny and Nicky to, to train the team. How, I mean, that's a big, that's a big project. Training grounds, a lot of professional clubs further down particularly have not had their own facilities and that's always been a big issue for, for quite a lot of clubs. That, that's, you know, one of the biggest challenges when it comes to, you know, what I, you know, what Fan Insights does, what I look at, fan, in, fan engagement, you know, and, and looking after that side of the business um, of the football club. The risk is surely, the biggest risk is diversion, is that there's always something else. You know, that's not easy to remain focused on getting the operational side ticking over, making sure that's working. Then you've got to go and identify a training ground, get that built, because that's not straightforward. You know, you, there's all sorts of planning permissions involved usually. Um, unless you're, you're obviously using an existing site that has that permission. Now, all of that is really complicated. And to have one person in that position trying to deliver um, all of these different facets, that's, that's difficult, isn't it? And that's hard in any situation. But when you're, you're also remote, and so to some extent, it's harder to intervene or to be, to be too involved at times. So that's a it probably kind of says a lot about <laughs> how it's all come together that you've managed to identify, do all of these things in that period of time at pace. No, I mean, you know, over the last few years, you know, I'm proud of, you know, the progress that the club has made, mm. you know, on the field, obviously, Danny and Nicky, you know, taking over a club, you know, that they described was in mourning. And, you know, a lot of, the progress that we have made has been due to, to what they did, not only on the field, but off the field. Critical, as I said, was bringing somebody like Liam in, um, you know, with what he, he could deliver. But there's been a lot of people, you know, throughout the club that have contributed to the amazing success, both on and off the field, that we've had. In asking, you know, how to do things on social media, 
one of the things that I think I've picked up as a result of interactions early on is that when you're dealing with somebody that's angry, doesn't agree with you, try and take that conversation out of the public eye. So many times I would interact with a fan who's made a comment um, through a direct message on Twitter, you know, a message through Facebook, and you just find by taking it out of the public eye, mm. you've got a far better chance to deal with any issues where, you know, egos are not getting in the way. And, you know, that is certainly one of the big lessons I think I've learned uh, over the last couple of the years in interacting on social media. So it's using, so it's basically saying that social media is a gateway to a conversation. You might start and complete the conversation online. You might take it off and have a conversation face to face in the end, because it might, I've spoken to some clubs where they picked up the phone and had a chat with someone after an, after online, some interaction online or some comments, you know, identifying sometimes that works really well with influencers with people who have a lot more influence amongst the fan base so that's a really i mean i think that's really important actually is to see that it's an easy world to to end up in a sort of tunnel in and you you forget where you are and you forget that what it is is a tool it's not the be all and end all it's something that can be useful for an, for a point an opening point to something else isn't it it can just be of itself it can be you we can have friendships through it so why don't we use that in football you know if it's going if it's going badly, maybe that's because it's better to have that conversation face to face or on the phone. So that's a really yeah. good, I think that's a really good, um, a really good lesson for, for a lot of people. Um, yeah, and there are a lot of fans, you know, that communicate with me, you know, directly through, you know, private messages. Um, they might get an idea. Why doesn't the club do this? And there've actually been a lot of messages in, you know recent times because of the issues that the industry is facing and you know you've got fans that love the club that want to help as best they can and even if they don't have the money you know to to help the club in that way they're still thinking what about this what about that and you know it's just like any employee or something a lot of the ideas will be crazy ideas that you know, will never come off. But there's always one or two that just say, oh, you know, that's a good idea. And why not utilize all these people out there that love the club, that want to help you, that want the best for the club, and are thinking about the club all the time, utilize their, their time that they spend thinking about it.